On this prequel episode, we've got our Hidden Figures follow-up poll. We're learning about roller derby and previewing Whip It. Hello and welcome back to This Film is Lit, the podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books. As I mentioned on this prequel episode, we've got quite a few segments to get through, including a rather long learning thing segment. If you've ever wanted to know about the history of roller derby, strap in. You're going to get it. Katie's going to give it to you. But before we do all of that stuff, we've got our patron shoutouts. No new patrons this week, which is totally cool. Uh, But we do have our Academy Award winner patrons who we recognize every other week during the prequel episode. And they're supporting us for $15 a month or more. They get priority recommendation as well as access to all that other good stuff. And those Academy Award winning patrons are Gratch, just Gratch, Shelby Suderman, Mr. Nobody, I had a problem with men in general. I don't know if that's a reference to something. I, that's, that's, I said that during our last episode. Oh, the men. I think you said the men. I in think general. I did, but maybe. Okay, yes. I don't yeah, it was close. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. Okay, now I know your time. I remember that now. Okay. And finally, Alina Doletkolova. Those are our Academy Award winning patrons. We appreciate each and every one of you so very much. Thank you for supporting us uh, as much as you do. It's greatly appreciated. Um, I'm sure we'll post once we uh, we took some of the patron money this weekend and uh, used a little bit to, to to plant a garden. So there you go. That's what some of them, and then we use it for other. We we buy software and stuff for the promo posts and whatnot. But we did use a little bit this weekend to plant a garden because we preparing for the coming apocalypse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when that starts to come to bear a little bit more, we'll post some pictures so you guys can see. Uh, what we spent some of that money on but we appreciate you so much let's go ahead and do our fan poll follow-ups yeah well you know that's just like uh your opinion man all right so hidden figures uh, listener poll follow-ups um on twitter we got a total of six spanking votes yeah um and it was a dead tie three for the book three for the movie i was one of those movie votes book yeah. votes I was one of the votes. I don't remember how I voted now. I guess I could probably figure it out, but I did vote on Twitter. Um, It surprised me a little bit because I thought this might be one where the movie took it away. Yeah. And the listener polls, um, just because I feel like a lot of people maybe didn't realize it was a book or hadn't read the book. Um, But it was a dead tie. And we had a couple of comments from listeners um, at Shelby Suderman said, I picked the book because I think it's extremely important for these forgotten women in history to be remembered accurately. While I'm glad the movie exists to bring attention to these women, it felt more inspired by the ideas in the book. Yeah. Um, The strength of the movie is in the excellent cast. I especially enjoyed Taraji P. Henson's performance. I've loved her in everything I've ever seen her in. There you go. I agree with all of that. Yep. Um, and at Minty Cell said, I liked both, and I actually think the book is objectively better, but the movie is so special to me. No one wanted to watch it with me, so I went to the theater alone and cried. So there are fond memories of it. Well, there you go. That's fair. That's, fair. Uh, that's a, a good reason that to is a prefer something, reason. I think. Yes. Um, over on Facebook, I can't see our fracking poll results again because Facebook changed my poll date, close date, again. Um, I figure out what's going on with Yeah, I don't know. And I, like, triple-checked this time when yeah. I made the poll that I had the date in right, and then as soon as I hit published, it was, like, lasting for a week, and I was like... 
Fuck off, Facebook. Sweet. Um, when, so when would those be available? Uh, Sunday. Oh, we'll cool. be able to see if Great. anyone even voted. <laughs> um, but we didn't have any feedback comments, yeah. so I'm not super worried about it this time around. There's no way to go in and see the results. Like, no, there's no. Contest? I've looked. There's Wild. no way to see the results. There's no way to shut it down early. I don't. I might have to start doing the polls. The differently. old school polls. Yeah, like the old the, school where way. It's like like heart, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Because okay. Facebook is annoying me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, they also removed when I try. I can't make a poll through mobile on our page now. They like removed that option. I have to go in through the desktop app, which is really annoying because I've never on Facebook on my laptop. Anyway, um, since we didn't have any feedback from Facebook, I went ahead and included a comment that we got on Instagram. Um, it wasn't on our official like which did you prefer post, but I decided to include it anyway because uh-huh. I felt it was pertinent. Um, that's my book, um, Dion, mm-hmm. I think is how Dion, Dion. Yeah, probably. Sure. Um, said, I enjoyed both these episodes. It's my favorite book. Do wish they'd remake it as a TV series. As you said, Dorothy and Mary could both have their own show. Mm-hmm. I think a TV series would be a great idea. Yeah, it would be. You could do a really good um, yeah, uh, historical sort of yeah because it would be very easy to kind of each episode jump back and forth between each of the main characters yeah that would be a cool way to do it yeah you know kind of like your different time not timelines but yeah yeah i think it'd be it could be a great sort of a history series or something like that and you could get all of the coolest clothes and costumes it's true it is true (sighs) i love the fashion of the 50s and 60s All right. Well, that's all of our great feedback. Thank you, everybody, who did comment and vote. We appreciate it, as we always say, very much. Let's go ahead and get to uh, the meat of this episode, which is our Learning Things segment. And what we're learning about is roller derby. No matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. All right. So a little bit of a disclaimer up front. Um, I am a roller derby, derby novice. Um, I've done some research for this. Uh, Please don't crucify me if I get something wrong here. Um, I am fresh meat. I'm a beginner. (laughs) So I don't know everything that there is to know. Um, But let's go ahead and start with this. Um, So there are two types of roller derby. There's flat track and there's banked track. Um, We haven't watched Whip It yet, but based on like screen caps and stuff that I've seen, I think it focuses on banked track. It It looked like it in the trailer. It looked like it, Yeah. yeah. Um, so banked track is what you usually see in movies and on TV. It's where the, the track has curved walls yeah. around the edges. It's more dynamic looking yeah. for film. Yeah. Um, so skaters can like skate up onto those like kind of like ramps like you might see in skateboarding or yeah. like um, inline skating. Yeah. That I mean, it's, it's just a track like you would see for certain types of racing where it's 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 at it. Yeah. Yeah, it's at an angle. Um, Ramped track, if I'm remembering right, was also briefly featured in Birds of Prey. I think that was Ramp. Yes, it was. It was. It was. Um, So the the league that I'm training with, more on that later, um, is a flat track league. So I can speak to that a little bit better than banked track. There are some play and some rule differences from what i understand but i am going to do my best to cover this stuff yeah and you're gonna get into all the details but from and i I don't i don't think i remember seeing this but flat track i'm pretty sure is predominantly more popular than 
of flat track, yeah, it's way more common. Way more common yeah. in terms of like modern day leagues because yes. uh, it's for several reasons, but one of which I would imagine is that you don't have to have a specific yeah, you track don't have to, to have do a, it. You a, can do it on a gym floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I am, I am going to get into a little yep. bit about that more later. Um, so in America, um, roller skating endurance races have been going on since like around the mid 1880s. So this got its start way earlier than I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the term derby has been used to refer to those races since like the early 1920s. Which makes sense because derbies is just like a generic race term for race yeah. because yeah. like the Kentucky Derby. Or like and... soapbox derby. Yeah. There's yeah. all kinds of different type races and, you know, of different sports, horse racing, car racing and all that sort of stuff. Derby is a common mm-hmm. old timey word for a race. So. <laughs> Um, Now, those races started evolving into a contact sport in the 1930s um, with the creation of the Transcontinental Roller Derby, um, which was a month-long simulation of a road race between two-person teams of professional skaters. Um, This was a hugely popular spectacle. Um, They traveled around the United States and people would come out to see the races. Um, And eventually, the officials decided to change the rules to increase skater contact because audiences loved it, Mm -hmm. ate it up. Um, And that specific touring event eventually resulted in an actual touring league that was comprised of like four to six teams that were based in different cities. Mm -hmm. So eventually... We started getting actual derby games, which now looked a lot more like modern derby, like on an oval-shaped track, Mm -hmm. um, that were broadcast on TV during the late 50s, early 60s. Despite that, however, the sport's popularity declined, um, and it kind of faded away for a while. Those televised bouts had some scripted story of scripted storylines kind of similar to like televised wrestling this is what most people think of derby before the modern incarnation of it that you're going to get into here like Mm -hmm. if like my parents if you told ask them what roller derby was they would say it's that thing it's kind of like wrestling because it was like a yeah and over the top like there was a lot more contact that was like uh, it was a a more overt like a, a wrestling entertainment spectacle versus like an actual like a sport. Sport. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it kind of it faded a little bit after that, like I said. Um, but roller derby then began its modern revival in the early 2000s, actually in Austin, Texas, where Whippet slash Derby Girl is set um, as an all-female women-organized amateur sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so most roller derby leagues are amateur. There are some professional ones. Um, most of them are, but most of them are self-organized um, and all female. I think it is predominantly a female sport. Um, but as an addendum to that, there are all male leagues. There are all gender leagues, um, as well as mixed gender games, and there are transgender and non-binary skaters. Yeah. Um, roller derby is kind of a misfit collective. Uh, my experience with it has been that it's very inclusive. That is the general consensus uh, of people. Although there is a really good, uh, and I just mentioned this, um, I've, I don't think I've ever mentioned her podcast, but there's a podcaster named Callie Wright who has a, uh, a podcast called, uh, oh no, I'm blanking on it, um, Queersplaining. Queersplaining is the name of the podcast. She does roller derby, and she is transgender. And uh, she she interviewed somebody who talked about the early stages of when 
transgender athletes were starting to come into the roller derby scene and how it wasn't in certain pla- it wasn't always quite so yeah you know as is to be expected but it was it was an interesting episode if you go look up a queer explaining uh the, i don't remember the name of the episode but there is one where they talk about roller derby specifically um from that perspective and it's an interesting episode mm-hmm. so anyways all right continue um so going back to um flat track banked track like we opened up with um flat track leagues like i said are a lot more common than banked track leagues i think i couldn't find an overall number but i don't think there are a ton of banked track banked track leagues i would imagine not Um, part of that is because of the type of facility that you need for a banked track um they're expensive to build not all towns and cities are going to have available facilities for that. Yeah. And then once you build it, I mean, that's really the only thing you can use it for. It's not, it doesn't, the space doesn't yeah. like switch to other things quite as easily. No. With flat track, I think you have more options when it comes to skating facilities. For example, um, my league skates in a regular old like gymnasium slash basketball court in one of our town's parks, Um, or at least we did before (laughs) the world got canceled. Um, So I'm not going to dig too deep into gameplay because there are a lot of rules, and I don't know all of them yet. And also trying to explain them over an audio format yeah. medium is not exactly ideal, because it's yeah. already kind of tough to, to figure out just watching it. It's easy. Like, you'll figure it out pretty quick watching it, but trying to explain it just in audio would be yeah. almost impossible. Um, so I'm going to give, like, a brief overview of the very, very basics. You can watch roller derby bouts on YouTube uh-huh. if you're interested in, in seeing what it's all about. You can also go read the rules yeah. on um, the w- WFTDA's website um, if you want to know more. There's a lot of rules. I don't know them all. Um, but basically, on each team, you have a jammer, a pivot, and at the most, four blockers. Um, and again, this is flat track. I don't know all the differences between flat track and banked track. Um, So the jammer's job is to skate through the other players and score points. Um, One point for every time they lap an opposing blocker. If you're watching Derby, the jammer is the one wearing the helmet cover with the star on it. That's the jammer. Uh If the jammer can't make it through the pack, they can pass the star off to the pivot, at which point the pivot becomes the jammer. Um, and then the blockers' jobs are to try and keep the opposing team's jammer from moving through the pack. Yeah, basically. Um, so that's kind of your brief overview. Yeah, and it's and it's played, uh, and then it's played in like thirty minute halves or something like that. From what I remember, something like that, yeah. where it's like a timed thing, and it just goes for a length of time yeah. until the, the half ends, and then it. Um, and then well, there's a break. Each individual jam yeah. is about two minutes, I think. Yeah, yeah. There's max for the jam, but like, but but it just keeps the clock just keeps running during yeah. that time, and you just kind of do as long as you can. And then the, the jams are the individual like plays, basically. Where yeah. Like you, one jammer goes and tries to get points, and then that ends or not. Yeah. Um, so a couple other things that I wanted to touch on um, because these were like the main things that people said to me when I told them I was trying roller derby. Oh, yeah. Um, the first thing is derby names. Yeah. Um, most skaters skate under pseudonyms, also known as derby names or skater names. 
oftentimes those are based on wordplay. Uh, sometimes Almost pop culture always. references. <laughs> sometimes, not always. Yeah, but yeah. most of the time. Most of the time, it's some sort of wordplay. Um, and sometimes that wordplay is like violent and or sexual puns. Very often. Uh, very often, but again, not, not always. always. No. Um, some of the Derby names that I've already encountered reading Derby Girl, um, I have no idea if they're the same in the movie or not, um, but some that I've come across in the book are Babe Ruthless, Malice in Wonderland, Crystal Death, and Dynamite. So that gives you some kind of idea of um, what what yeah. the names are going to look like. Yes. And if you go watch your local roller derby uh, league, you'll see a lot more. Yeah. So, yeah. And they're always fun. Now, the other thing that I got a lot when I started telling people I was doing this, is roller derby violent? Well, not like you might be thinking. <laughs> yeah, not like a lot of people think. Again, kind of like talk, going back to what my parents is like, yeah. you know, what roller derby is. Um, the, the kind of like all-out brawls that you might see in the movies aren't realistic. Um, keep in mind that roller derby went through that staged period Right, yeah. kind of like wrestling, and even and even without the brawls, just like the sort of overt like elbowing people, and like there are like yeah. very specific rules, and you're gonna get into it, but yeah. like yeah, like the sort of like bombastic like slamming people over the railing, and you know that you yeah. would see without even like t- getting into like fights and stuff. Yeah, is is not the way uh, pre- like amateur like the the uh, women's flat track works now. No. So. So it's not like what you might be expecting based on what's on the in the movies or on TV. Yeah. Um, but derby is a contact sport. Uh, there are a lot of rules about how you can hit someone and mm. where on their body you can hit that person. And with what part of your body? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Lots of rules. So like football or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we do hit each other. Um, in addition to gameplay rules, um, WFTDA, Women's Flat Track Derby Association, is pretty serious about keeping skaters safe. Um, even at practice, if we're upright on skates, we also have to be wearing helmet, knee pads, elbow pads, wrist guards, and a mouth guard. Um, skaters are also required to pass minimum skills before they can participate in any kind of contact, again, even at practice. Yeah. Um, minimum skills can range from things like basic balance and endurance tests um, to more specific skills like transitions, um, being able to turn around on your skates while you're in motion, or like hops and leaps, which is basically going a little bit airborne and then being able to land properly and not just falling on your ass. Yeah. Uh, but skaters can and do sustain injuries. Um, Anything from your bruises and your friction burns to, like, torn ligaments, broken bones, concussions. Um, we do our best to keep things safe, but injuries do happen. You got a pretty wicked bruise. I did have a pretty wicked bruise uh, last fall. Last fall. <laughs> from eating it. <laughs> yeah, I ass-planted pretty good. <laughs> um, we try not to ass-plant, but yeah, it's hard that's, sometimes. That's the goal, is to not fall on your butt, because there's no... <laughs> No, yeah, uh, no artificial padding there. <laughs> you got artificial padding pretty much everywhere else, though. Yeah. Um, but derby is a lot of fun. Um, I'm fresh meat. Like I said, that means that I'm a newbie skater. Um, I'm still working to pass my minimum skills. Um, but roller derby has been one of the most accepting and supportive environments that I've ever had the pleasure of being part of. Um, I've never been even close to what anyone would consider athletic, and it's taking me what feels like a long time to pass minimum skills, 
um, but no one has ever made me feel unwelcome for that or bad about it. Um, and I, I miss going to practice. I miss my derby friends. Yeah. And I think it's important to mention just that on top of, you know, never not being particularly athletic, as you would describe it, you're also literally had never skated in your life maybe one time before. Maybe like a we handful went one of time. times. We went that one time and I kind of scooted around yeah. like maybe two years ago. And then prior to that maybe like the fourth grade at a birthday yeah. party but you were never like i was i was not no a you, you kid didn't who know skated. how to skate no yeah. you, so you literally had no idea how to skate going into to the yeah. first time going to roller derby and at least with my league our policy is like anyone can come yeah. and if you want to learn how to skate we'll teach you how to skate i don't know if that's the case with every league yeah if you're in a but, big enough city where there are enough people where like a ton of people where maybe not may you know who knows maybe yeah. it's different based on like certain numbers of people but even then i would imagine they probably have different like levels of groups where like maybe not everybody goes to every single practice well, like, oh, but yeah. like some bigger leagues have like a teams b teams yeah. c teams yeah um Ours doesn't because we're smaller. Yeah, it's a but. small town. But, um, but yeah, like I said, it, it, you know, you went in with zero ability or zero knowledge of how to skate or, or you know, yeah. zero practice at it at all. And uh, you've come a long way already since then. So, Thanks, babe. At least it seems like it to me when I see you. <laughs> um, so at some point, probably this weekend, I'll gear up and take a picture for there social media. Um, but like everything else, Derby is on hold right now. Yep. Um, but when this is over, um, if roller derby is something that interests you, I really encourage you to look into your local leagues. Um, for me, it's been a total net positive experience. Yeah. Um, you know, whether you just want to go to some bouts, that's a good way to support your local leagues. That's how we started. I mean, yeah. we, we just we started went and off watched going a few and times. watching. Yeah. And I was like, those girls are really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whether you just want to go watch or if you want to get involved somehow, um, keep in mind that you don't have to skate if that makes you nervous or you don't feel like you're capable of that. Um, also, All leagues also need NSOs, which are non-skating officials, um, to volunteer and to help the league run smoothly. So if this is something that interests you, I say go for it. Yeah. Yeah, and on top of non-skating officials, there's all kind of, like you're if you're inter if you end up going and find it interesting, or if you watch Whip It and you're like this is cool, uh, or if what Katie has said has sparked your interest, not only do they need non-skating officials, they need all kinds of stuff. Most yeah. of these most of these groups are, are you know they're running on sort of members dues and that sort of thing, and so like if you can go and. Um, provide any sort of support in terms of like helping them booth tables for like during them during the bouts they need somebody to sell t-shirts and yeah. you know what i mean like there's a million things you can do um and like you said the people are tend to be very uh accepting and open to to new friends so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah all right that was it for our great big learning things segment now you know about roller derby let's go ahead and learn about the book Derby Girl. Out of all the places to go to in the world, who would come to Bodine? So, what are you like? Alternative now? Alternative to what? What is this? Roller Derby? Ooh. Welcome to Skate Night at the Warehouse. The boys 
I just want to tell you all that you're my new heroes. Well, put some skates on. Be your own hero. The last time I wore skates, they had Barbies on them. So Derby Girl, we had a title change for this yeah. one. Yeah, yes, I think we it's did. It's been a little while since we had a title change. Yeah, it has. Probably or Was skipping Christmas, our last title change. Boy, I would have to think. I, I, have to think I mean, that. technically, Hidden Figures dropped the subtitle, but I like it's still yeah. the same title. Yeah. Um. So, Derby Girl is a 2007 young adult novel by Shauna Cross. Um, Shauna Cross is an American screenwriter, novelist, and former roller derby athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, she skated for the Los Angeles Derby Dolls under the name Maggie Mayhem. I guess there's no road board play there. Not really. Not really. There's no. alliteration. Alliteration, which is... Um, but there's not like a pun. Yeah. At least not that I'm aware of. No, yeah, unless I'm missing it. Um, so Derby Girl is a fictionalized version of her experience um with the um texas roller derby lone star roller Roller girls league but she wasn't in that league she was in la right but this story is set in texas yeah so maybe it's a or did she play maybe i just copy pasted that wrong okay well, I remember Sorry. reading a similar thing, and, and I think it's it's I think she said it in Texas, but maybe yeah. it's it's based on her experiences in L.A. Potentially, yeah, you know what I she mean? might have skated in two different places, and maybe she started in Texas, or yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, so she's primarily a screenwriter. Um, she was initially not interested in writing a book about her roller derby experiences, um, but her friends talked her into it even going so far as to introduce her to a book agent, what good friends, yeah. um, who loved the idea. Um, she allegedly wrote Derby Girl over the course of about four months, um, and it was originally titled Derby Doll. Um, Cross later remarked that the process of writing that novel um, was unlike anything else in my writing career so far. It happened very fast. It sounds like it happened very fast. Yeah. Um, Derby Girl was named an American Library Association Best Book for Young Adults, as well as a New York Public Library Best Book for the Teen Age. Um, The reviews that I found were a little bit mixed. (laughs) Um, Kirkus Review said, Sharp humor dominates this entertaining debut from Cross, who weaves her own experiences with roller derby into the fun and traumas of a small-town girl experiencing major rebellion. Mm-hmm. Publishers Weekly said debut novelist Cross, novelist Cross, a screenwriter and former roller derby girl, retreads well-worn young adult themes as a path to a roller derby plotline. Despite being formulaic, the novel shines in describing the dashing world of roller derby. Her naked enthusiasm for the edgy underground sport injects some energy into an otherwise labored tale. <laughs> Well, okay. So a little less complimentary. A little bit less complimentary. (laughs) All right, and that's it for Derby Girl Book Facts. Let's go ahead and talk about the movie Whip It. I'm going to change my work schedule because I want to take an SAT class on Tuesdays, Thursdays. I'm impressed. I like smart girls. That's why I married your mama. Well, that and I knocked her up. I'm going to do the things that I want. Looking good, Mark. make out with him, but that is it. Has anyone ever thrown up on the track before? Yeah. Get ready to meet your newest Girl Scout, Babe Ruthless! 
This is your SAT class? I am in love with this. I cannot take losing the chance for our kid to be happy. Came in second out of two teams. So Whip It is a 2009 film. Uh, it's the directorial debut of Drew Barrymore. It was written by Shauna Cross, as you mentioned, who adopted uh, her adapted her own novel. Uh, this doesn't happen a ton, but we've had a few of these. And just uh, just as a reminder, the two that stuck out in in our head were Princess Bride. Um, and then Gone Girl. Yeah. There are probably others, but those were the two that immediately jumped to our mind. Uh, the film stars Ellen Page, Marsha Gay Harden, Kristen Wiig, Drew Barrymore, Eve, Juliette Lewis, uh, Jimmy Fallon, and others. Shauna Cross, uh, as I mentioned, adapted her YA novel and pitched the script and the novel simultaneously, apparently. Um, and then Drew Barrymore was interested in the project and started working with Cross to rewrite the script for several months. Uh, because uh, Drew Barrymore wanted to avoid the tidier prospects and make things more raw and wide-opened. Or <laughs> an open-ended, sorry. So the movie actually filmed in several cities in Michigan, uh, even though it's set in Texas, I believe, like you mentioned. Uh, and I assume, I think the movie is too, but I'm not positive. It might be set in Michigan. And uh, several, uh, roller derby players from local Michigan teams were ended up uh, portraying some uh, some of the skaters in the film. So the Detroit Der- Detroit Derby Girls and the Grand Raggedy Roller Girls both had skaters in the movie. Uh, the movie received generally positive reviews, but wasn't very si- financially sex- successful. It has uh, an 85% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes with like almost 200 reviews, I think, or over 100 <laughs> reviews. Um, and I remember hearing good things about it. I've always, this is actually a movie I've been meaning to watch for years because I've always heard it was yeah, really good too. and I just never, I, for whatever reason, never got around to it. Um, Ellen Page, who's the main character in the movie, dropped out of Sam Raby's uh, Drag Me to Hell, where she was cast as a main character in that, to be in this movie. Uh, Drag Me to Hell is an interesting movie. Uh, it's kind of a, one of the, it's a horror film, but it's it's interesting. It, it, that's a whole other topic, but I thought it was interesting. I didn't realize she was cast in that because the, the the actress who ends up being cast in that role, uh, they don't they don't strike me as like similar types necessarily. Hmm. So I've never seen it. Yeah, it's different. So apparently, uh, you mentioned the rules a little bit, but apparently, I saw this is an, from the IMDb trivia that uh, the movie never explains what a lead jammer is. And so uh, if you're going to watch the movie, people could be a little confused. Um, so we're going to explain it slightly. Uh, basically, because so what the, what I'm to be said is that the movie never explains it. And so if you're watching the film, you constantly see one of these skaters doing this hand signal mm-hmm. and you wouldn't know what it was. What that is, is whoever breaks through the pack first, whichever jammer basically breaks through the pack first, becomes the lead jammer. Yes. And then they're the ones uh, that... It controls when the jam ends, basically. Yeah. The lead jammer is the only skater who can fall, call off a jam. Before and, the yeah. two minutes. And they do that by h- hitting their hips on their arms. Yeah, like like, like yeah, like tapping their hands on their hips, basically. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, apparently that happens throughout the movie, but the movie never explains what's going on there, supposedly according to IMDb. <laughs> so if you're getting ready to watch the movie and you don't know what that signal is or why they're doing that, that's what it is. It's the lead jammer ending the jam. And there's a lot of reasons you would do that. Generally, it's because you've scored points and you don't, and you want to try to stop the other jammer from scoring points. Yeah. So if you end it when you want to, you only get the points, or you get more points. You know what I mean? It's kind of a, yeah, it's, it's like a, a it's strategic, a, yeah, it's thing. strategy. Yeah. So after viewing the movie, I thought this was interesting. Colombian graphic designer, I'm going to butcher. No, this is pretty easy. Maria Paulo Hernandez founded the Rock and Roller Queens Roller Derby League in 
Bogota, Colombia in December of 2009. In July 2012, the RRQ, which is the Rock and Roller Queens, was the first South American roller derby league to be accepted to the Women's Flat Track Derby Association. Nice. So the whole whole league was uh, formed because of this movie in South America. And then finally, the screenplay for this film was featured in the 2007 Blacklist. And if you don't know what the Blacklist is, it is uh, the list of like the most liked unmade scripts of the year. So, like, this is, like, a list that floats around in Hollywood of, like, these are all the best screenplays that aren't being made into movies. Mm -hmm. And there's another one. I only knew what it was and and included this because I remember I've read another screenplay that was on the blacklist. And that's Bo Burnham wrote a screenplay called Gay Kid and Fat Chick uh, that uh, was on the list and is now actually in pre-production. Nice. Because I assume after eighth grade, he can kind of make whatever he wants now. Not whatever he wants, (laughs) but you know what I mean, like... He's got a little bit of leeway to kind of make, but it's actually a really interesting um, script from what I remember. I read it years ago, but it's kind of like kick-ass mm-hmm. meets like, I don't even know. But it, it is, it's kind of like, it's like these two kids who like dress up as superheroes, but they're like kind of like outcasts and it, it's interesting. Hmm. It's been years since I read it, but apparently it's in production and that was also on the blacklist around the same time, I think, as that one. So anyways, uh, that's all I got for Whip It. Uh, movie facts so we're gonna watch whip it and in one week's time we'll be talking about it is it on somewhere hulu oh, no we have, to rent, we have it. to rent it through amazon prime it's not streaming anywhere it's not streaming anywhere but you can rent it it used to be on netflix i'm pretty sure but I, a lot of things used to yeah, be on a lot netflix. of things used to be on netflix pretty sure it used to be on netflix but uh yeah if you go to amazon if you have amazon on your streaming service it's like three or four bucks to rent or you might be able to find it at your local library, honestly. Probably. Uh, oh, no. All the local libraries are closed. closed. Some of them have video streaming services. So, yeah, I don't think ours does. Ours does. So you could check. Ours has a video streaming service, but it doesn't have this. It has mostly yeah, okay. terrible movies. Yeah. And a few good me. ones. Yeah. I looked. Uh, I looked at it because I, I got an email about it. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I looked and it was. I mean, it's got plenty of good stuff for like kids. Yeah. From what it seemed. But in general, like their movie selection, you know, not the yeah. greatest. But you could still check and they your local library might have a different selection. Uh so yeah, but check it out uh wherever you can get a hold of it to watch it. Um Amazon. At least it's yeah. available on Amazon. Yeah. So you don't have to venture out of your home <laughs> to watch it. Um <laughs> and I'm gonna attack onto this. If you would like to follow my roller hey. derby league. Um, you can look us up on Facebook or on Instagram. Just look for Cape Girardeau Roller Derby. There you go. CJRD. Uh, yeah. And then eventually, maybe. There's bouts going all the way to like August, right? Till October. Or October. Yeah. So some of those will happen. Yeah. Our, our first one was supposed to be like midway through April and that's yeah. gotten postponed to who knows when. Yeah. Um, but our some first of the, home bout, anyway. Some of the summer ones will most likely happen. I hope so. And at least the fall ones, yeah. I think, hopefully. Um, I doubt I'll be skating in any bouts yeah. this year. I doubt I'll be able to roster. Yeah. Um, but maybe next year. Yeah. I think next year, that's a good goal. All right, so check back in one week's time, and we're talking about Whip It and Derby Girl. And until that time, guys, gals, non-binary, and everybody else. Keep reading books. Keep watching movies. Keep inside. Stay in home as much as possible. (laughs) Stay safe. (laughs) And keep Keep being being awesome. awesome. (laughs)